So welcome back to 2023's first episode of the Lone Star Podcast. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I hope everybody had a nice holiday. Uh, I hope we you know, all came back with the fervor and gusto to have a good year. Uh, talk about reviews again um, and, you know, keep this train rolling. So uh, we have a really exciting conversation to have today um, with uh, somebody that I met through another Catalyst employee. Her name is Katie Singleton. Uh, she works for Reelink as a national account executive. Uh, for how many years, I'm sure she'll fill us in in just one moment. But um, it, Katie, it's really great to have you on the podcast. I know we've been uh, tossing back and forth sicknesses uh, in order to actually get in front of a microphone and do this. Um, but it's really good to have you here today. Uh, so would you like to talk a little bit about yourself and fill in the blanks where I, I didn't talk about you? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mark. I'm happy to be here. And you know, tis the season for everyone to be sick, right? So glad <laughs> yes. all of our illnesses are behind us and we can connect. Yes. Um, thank you for that introduction. I am with Reelink. I have been with the company for two years, fill in the blank, two years next month. Years. So very okay. excited to celebrate that anniversary with Reelink next month. Very cool. And so if you could, for anybody who doesn't know what Reelink is, um, talk a little bit about what the company does. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, maybe I am still sick, where you fit, <laughs> where you fit into the structure of what Reelink does. Yeah, so Reelink is a one-stop shop for all things video in the multifamily industry. So okay. we really focus on creating a DIY solution that empowers on-site teams to create video, host tours, and then give you the data behind it to make sure that you're making um, informed decisions about your video and how it's impacting your leasing and operations. Very cool. And it sounds like you probably had quite quite the growth in business at, like during covid with everybody having to go digital is that is that right yeah that is a very fair assumption to make okay <laughs> got it okay so um without further ado uh the lone star podcast is uh aptly named because we talk about a one star review online um this review is not one that we to, uh, work with specifically. Um, it could or could not be from one of the properties we've worked with in the past, fu future, present. Um, we just try to find a good review to prompt, like uh, propel our discussion, if you will. Um, so the one that we have today is really interesting. We've spoken a little bit about it so far, but I think we saved most of our takeaways for the podcast. So without further ado, I'll get right into it. Review. Review. Uh, the review reads as follows. Management has no control over billing cycles and the company they hired to do the billing. No communication between the guarantor and the office. They depend on a student to understand the invoice issues. Invoicing goes out a week before it's due. Dot, dot. When you call about an invoice issue, they tell you to contact their billing company that works for them. Good luck with that. I will uh, ad-lib that that is all in caps. Uh, there are some positive things about the property. However, I am not going to mention that. Then they won't focus on the areas that need to be fixed. It would be nice if they had a customer service area that follows up. I don't think that will happen either. Good luck. Okay. So typically after I read these, I just, you know, toss it back to you, Katie. What When you read this for the first time or heard it just now, what was your first thought about it? Yeah. First thought is it sounds like there is a guarantor upset about some invoicing issues that it's not being communicated directly to them. It's all going through the student. 
There's probably been multiple, you know, invoicing issues over several months and they're just kind of throwing their hands up at this point. Yeah. I think it's the, the immediate things that I see here obviously is the billing cycles and the company they hired. So they're, they're immediately aware in that first sentence that like, Oh, I know that this isn't like the property staff that's that's doing the wrong thing. It's the company they hired that is. However, this is my best shot at like saying how up- upset I am about it, you know? Like and the communication piece, they depend on a student to understand the invoice issues. I'd really love your feedback about that part there too because I feel like you know, a lot in student housing, you know, a lot of these people, I would say probably more than 70% of people are living on their own for the first time at one of our properties or communities and they are expected to just kind of like jump right in and understand all of this. So when, you know, I know that Reeling kind of offers a very different thing concern. It's, it's not a billing company, but when it comes to like having a student completely understand this like legal contract that they're jumping into, what are your thoughts about that? Cause I thought that like that part really jumped out to me. Yeah. And my first job in multifamily was actually working at a student housing property. And so dealing with issues like this all the time, um, one of the things we dealt with very often was our water was billed and it was billed directly within their monthly rent, but it always varied Uh depending on usage. And so when a student would call and say like, why do I have all these overages? I couldn't answer that question because we didn't dictate that. So we have to refer them back to the water company who would then refer them, talk to your property management company. Welcome to being an adult. (laughs) Right. Welcome to being an adult. Just getting tossed around between people. Um, I think it's hard because as a student, I imagine they probably feel just passed around. And like you said, they're trying to figure things out and they don't know the right questions to ask. Sometimes they may be hesitant to push back and say like, no, I already talked to them. Like, I need an answer. Help me explain or explain this to me. Yeah. There's something, there's something to it when you're, when you're a student and you're trying to call the front office and I, and I will say call because it just seems like people do not walk into the office anymore. Like as many times as I can write that in a review response, it probably works like one time out of a hundred. I, you know, everybody's locked in, they're comfortable in their home. It's like, I want to send an email or I want to make a phone call. And I want my end results to be from doing that action alone and and that it and that's it. And to be told like, you know, this is the billing company. We have a contact phone number for them. We can call them. If you want to come in the office, you can call them and we can sit on the call with you. Like there's a way to do this the right way. But like the amount that this could be one in 17 calls that that front office got in in one day about this exact thing, especially if it's on like, what is it like the first through the third, like the, the, the rent payment day. It's like, if it happened in there, this person was probably just like a dime a dozen, you know? Right. And it goes back to a scalability thing too. I am, I'm sure you hear all the time that onsite teams are so short staffed. They're so inundated with a million different things. And I think a really positive thing for them to do would be to say, Hey, come on in. Like, let's call the billing company together and walk through this. But like you said, there's probably 17, 20 other people with the same issue and it's not necessarily scalable or realistic for them to offer that to 20 plus residents in one day or over three days. Yeah. 
it's almost like maybe maybe like throw the fishnet out, you know, like see like, hey, we're willing to do all of this with you, like to, to every single person that is complaining about it and just see how many actually show up, you know, because it's like I, I also wonder like if that was even like verbally stated via that phone call, it might have just been like, here's the 1-800 number. The wait time is going to be like 45 minutes or more because it's the 2nd of January, you know, um, best of luck. We don't we don't deal with it, you know, and I think that, you know, not knowing the specifics of this situation, it's like this could be an either or like they could have facilitated as many calls as we're talking about that day. Or it was just somebody who just like, no, oh, it's not our problem, like getting it off my plate. And I think that kind of brings us into the takeaways and drawbacks thing, because that's where we discuss like, what does a review like this mean for a community on the positive and negative fronts? So like if you were a prospect, just, you know, you, you found this property and it was a 4.4 on Google, but this was the most recent review. What would you take away from that in terms of like scaling that against what you're, what else you're seeing in the reviews? Yeah, I think you have to look at it from two angles, looking at it from a student who honestly, they would probably glaze over and not consider it because it's not saying anything bad about amenities. It's not saying anything bad about the units or the living experience there. But as a parent or a guarantor, if I'm reading those reviews, I'm going to be automatically turned off. I want to make sure that I have an easy process. More than likely, I'm the one paying the rent for this person living there and that I'm going to be able to have the Right. I'm putting the bill. Come on now. I want to be able to um, make sure that I'm having a good experience too, whether I'm the one sleeping there or not. Yeah. That's a really good distinction too. Like the perspective shift of like the students like, yo, they've got a dope pool. Like their amenities are sick. It's downtown, you know, all those things. And the guarantor is like, great. I'm paying $2,400 a month. Like, what is this review going to tell? Like, you know, it tells me that I'm going to be, you know, up against it the whole time you're, you're living there. If we have like one issue, like if I switch banks, then everything falls apart. (laughs) And that's like, it's hard because the guarantors, they're working a full-time job. They have all these other responsibilities and you know, calling the management office or calling these different like utility offices isn't necessarily something they want to do or have time to do. Sure. And sure. so they want to just be able to write that check every month or do their ACH and call it a yeah. day. They don't want the issues. That's so true. My my mom was like her, her my mom and my dad were helping me for like the first six months that I lived at a student housing uh community when I first moved away from home. And if there was like a, you know, they got an email like, oh, the check hasn't, you know, cleared or something, or like there's, there's been an issue with the ACH or something. My mom wasn't calling the office. She was calling me <laughs> and she's like, you get in there and talk to them <laughs> like right now. <laughs> Cause whatever you like, we have the money and we have the check, whatever they're doing is what's wrong. And so it was, yeah, it's like, that was their course of action. And in this case, it's like, well, this person, you know, it, honestly was doing their child a favor or, or whoever their, you know, their student is and they, they couldn't get it solved. And I, the, the thing that really sticks out to me out, out of everything is there are some positive things about the property. However, I'm not going to mention that because it's like, we were so close to a good review here, but like, this is what took, took it all away, you know? And I think that could be an interesting opportunity to address it and then possibly have somebody change that review. Cause I've definitely yeah. seen that happen where someone will come back and say like, Hey, you know, we worked it out. Here are all the great things and sure. like, totally turn it around. Yeah. 
Well, that will roll right into our next session after we uh, take a short break here. So uh, we'll be right back after this. And we are back from our break. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the break music. Um, Next, we're going to transition into our starry-eyed but realistic scenarios. Uh, That's my little addendum. It used to just be starry-eyed scenarios, but I think over the course of recording some of these episodes, it can be really easy to just be like, oh, we'll call the billing company and take away their rent for 12 months or something, and that's just not realistic and will never happen. So... This is our effort to find the silver lining in the review. You know, what are some good insights about it? And is there anything that we can take to the site teams, measure of accountabilities to consider? So what you kind of talked about before we uh, paused for the break was like, what are those ways that we could win somebody back with this? Because they clearly like where their student lives, um, but they don't want that to be the focal point of their review. They want something else changed. So in in that respect, where do you see the best scenario coming out of this? With, uh, you know, either a staff reaction, phone call, whatever it may be. Yeah, I definitely think there needs to be a phone call to the guarantor. I think that they need to get on and run through their ledger and talk through the invoices and whatever specific concerns that they're having. Yeah. And it could be a really great, you know, teaching moment for the staff that, hey, maybe we need to find some a way to better communicate with the guarantors on a monthly basis since they are the ones like ultimately paying yep. the rent um, yep. and finding some happy medium that, yes, it, it is ultimately on the student, but we want right. to make sure that the guarantors feel heard and involved as well. Yeah, I think, too, <clears throat> whenever we see negative reviews, it tends to always have something to do with finance, like you know, this place is too expensive. They raise my rent. This is so many dollars or whatever. So like as a very financial related review, it's, it's honestly coming from a different angle than most of those. There's nothing in here complaining about the price of the unit or the, you know, carport extra fees or anything like that. It's all simply about how get, I'm getting my money to them so that my student can live there. Um, so it's to me, this one seems like an easy turnaround. Like, to at least like a three-star review. Um, like you're saying, like the ledger printout, like the, the place that I just moved to, we were given a rent concession because our moving got delayed like a week. And the concession was like being added in this very off-kilter way. Like we couldn't really understand it when we were looking in the portal. So what did we do? I, I didn't write a one-star review. <laughs> I went down to the office and I talked to them and and they were like, well, let's print the ledger and we'll look at it. And after that, it all made sense. And most of the time, it's really, it's kind of simple, you know, to think like, all you really have to do is print out a piece of paper, and that will show you the problems. But that's where everything that's related to this review is supposed to lie, you know. So I think it's, it's it, like you're saying, it's a really simple turnaround, um, as, as long as, you know, the team is willing to learn from it, you know, because there could be the angle where you read a review like this, and it's well. This isn't about our property. This is about the billing company. We should co- we should contact the billing company and say like we're getting negative reviews because of your lack of follow through or something. But 
I think what we're kind of agreeing on here, maybe I don't want to speak for you, is there's more of a handshake that can happen between the property staff, the billing company and the guarantor. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, working on site, you have to take it seriously. And I think almost I would take it more seriously because it's not something complaining about it's infested with cockroaches or yes. my neighbors are so loud. It's like a legitimate concern and yeah. making sure that you address that legitimate concern for everybody else to see is really important. Yeah. And and nothing gets better than like this review being updated to say like, you know, I, we talked it through, like they got on the phone with the billing company with me on a three-way call, like, and everything's fine now, you know, like, and my, my student is back to enjoying where they live and I like it too. You know, it's what I, say with that dope pool, those dope yeah. amenities. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I'll, I'll catch you there this summer. You know, it's, it seems like a very easy vibe to lift back up and, and progress. So with that, um, I know I, we actually, I typically do an off mic prep with this. So I hope you came ready for the last segment, but, um, we try to end every episode in a positive manner because we obviously talk about a lot of negative crap on here. So um, we'd like to know what your last five-star experience was, whether it was something as simple as an Uber that you took last night or if it was this lavish Greek you know, hotel that you stayed at in the Maldives. Whatever it was, we'd like to hear about it and uh, just end this on an uplifting note. So what you got for us? No Maldive experiences, maybe next year. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> we are taking our son to Disney next week, actually. Oh, so no first way. Disney trip. So excited. Oh, my um, God. I, oh. I will be sure to share lots of pictures with you, Mark. We're very Please. pumped. Oh, as it, I don't, I won't claim to be a Disney adult because there's some, <laughs> there's some like bad juju that comes with that, but I do love Disney. I was a pass holder for three years in my last three years in Orlando. So, uh, lots of Disney love. I, which parks are you going to? We're doing a park a day. So we're going to be there for oh. six days. We're doing all the parks, um, two days wow. at Magic Kingdom. So, We're really excited, but we're working with a travel agent to plan it. I don't know if you've been to Disney recently. Sounds like a few years. Yeah, it's been it's been a while for me. Yeah. You almost need like a master's degree and did all things Disney (laughs) to plan a trip now, it feels like. There's a lot of different like nuances. So working with a travel agent to make sure we've got all of our I's dotted, T's crossed. Um and they had some turnover during okay. like the planning. So oh, wow. some okay. things slipped through the cracks, not a lot of great communication. And I just expressed okay. that to the travel agent we were currently working with. Sure. And I did not leave a terrible one-star review. <laughs> I just had a conversation and they really just owned up to it. And that is very oh, wow. big for okay. me. Um, yeah. They, you know, took accountability, apologized for like letting things fall through the cracks and I've yeah. totally turned it around. Um, they've got all these special things planned for our son, Wyatt, when we get there next week and added oh, some little so surprises great. for him. I think they call it um, pixie dust. They're pixie dusting him throughout his stay. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I know that's what they call like the construction zones. It's like part in our pixie dust whenever they're like building around the parks. But oh, my God, that is so adorable. Is, is the travel agency like through Disney or is it like a third party? It's a third-party travel agency, okay. so they just partner with Disney on um, different okay. stays. But 
for me, that just speaks volumes. A company that yeah. is willing to say, hey, we messed up. We want to make this better and proactively make it better. I didn't make a big stink. I didn't call yeah. demanding all these things. They just said, like, we really value you. We really value, you know, our our brand and our name. And, like, we yeah. want to make this better for you. That is, like, five plus stars all the way for me. That's seriously so incredible because now it's like you don't have to walk in to Disney with the bad like taste in your mouth of like you know the hell it took you to get here you know like all the you know trials and tribulations just to see your son like look at Mickey in real life for the first time like that's supposed to be a magical thing for all of you and like the fact that they owned up to it like that and they you know righted the wrongs is super cool and I didn't even prep you and you probably came out with the best one so far. The one that touched my heart at least the most because <laughs> I just love Disney so much. But um, well, Katie, I uh, I sincerely appreciate your time and thank you so much for working with both of our schedules to finally get this uh, episode on the road. Um, I, uh, I Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Anything that Reelink's got going on or anything that you're excited about for the new year? Um, it's, it's your, it's your 30 seconds. If you have anything to, uh, to promote, if you want. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shameless plug for real link. I mean, speaking <laughs> about people not wanting to come into the office, not wanting to address things. It's a perfect, you know, reason to incorporate video. People yeah. don't want to come in and talk to you. They don't want to come in to tour. They want to be able to see it from the comfort of their couch. So yeah. incorporating yeah. video um, is the perfect way to meet someone's needs where they want to be met. It's like Burger well, King, right? We want to have it our way. Yeah, yeah, th that's so true. Every time. Like <laughs> if the Whopper Junior doesn't taste the way I like it, you know, I, I, I send it back. No, That's right. Uh, <laughs> don't burn my fries. <laughs> Uh, well, once again, thank you so much, Katie, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Lone Star Podcast. comes the part where the review podcast asks you for reviews. That's right. Uh, this is a brand new podcast and we've got a lot to learn. And the only way that gets better is with your feedback. So if you could, uh, whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on, you know, rate us, review us, leave us some comments. Uh, that's the only way that we get better. And it's the only way we learn from what we're doing wrong. And it's the only way we keep doing what we're doing right. So if you have the time, if you have the space, uh, please drop those reviews in and uh, maybe, maybe we'll even talk about them on air. Who knows? Uh, but thank you guys so much again for listening to the Lone Star Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying it as much as I've been enjoying making it.